Good day and welcome to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry and we continue with season 7 where we are looking at women in films and for today's episode we shall analyse an exceedingly macho pleasured adrenaline ride in the hands of none other than a woman director. So for today's episode I'll give you the 1991 action cult classic Point Break written and directed by Catherine Bigelow and starring Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze and Gary Boosie. Getting things from a women's perspective in cinema is occasionally quite a rarity, particularly when it comes to the action genre. Most screenwriters and directors that we know of are regrettably men. The opportunity has either been dismissed or they've had a limitation of women directors or writers to break through. However, times are adjusting and this political shift that we find ourselves in has allowed opportunity and voices to be heard, especially now from women or people of colour, people of disability and LGBTQ community. That being said, though, you know, in the past, we've had people of colour like Sidney Poitier in the 70s win Oscars. And we've had women directors win Oscars before. However, still to this day, that number still remains at one. Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. And that was in 2008, almost 13 years ago now. And before and after her, in the 93 years the Academy has been running, she is the sole female winner. And to add salt to this macho-driven ceremony, only four other women before this year had been nominated for Best Director. That means that less than 2% of people nominated for Best Directors are women, which is shocking. Although this year we have been granted two women in the same category for the first time ever, Emerald Fennell and Chloe Zhao. My congratulations to them, and I'm pretty sure Chloe Zhao will become the second woman to win a Best Director award. So things are certainly changing for the good. Some argue, though, with Catherine Bigelow, the explanation of why she was so big in the 90s was because she, you know, why she was allowed access to this high boys table of Hollywood was because her husband was James Cameron. And this was a man who was at his peak in the 90s with films like The Terminator, True Lies and, of course, Titanic. No one would dare challenge his judgment, let alone his wife. But what people seem to forget is the vision Catherine Bigelow has in her movies. Her interpretation of men in film is extremely refreshing, and yet very different from your usual action movie. It's very conventional, like most action movies that are directed by men, but this time we are shown it from a woman's perspective. And it's no accident that the 1991 action epic Point Break stands out from the rest. There is a subtlety behind the abs, the surfing, the wetsuits, and the corny dialogue. There are layers behind what she has done with an action movie that no man thought about until she did it. I call this film a silly classic, a film that is just bonkers, yet it goes down in history as revolutionary for me and for many reasons, and the main engine behind this was Catherine Bigelow. The thing that is interesting about her is that she is a woman that makes male films, not female films, unlike Emerald Fennel's Promising Young Women or Chloe Zhao's Nomadland. She makes male-driven films. It's a customary assumption that an established director that is female, as limited as they are, would go out their way and sturdily push a female-driven film. Nevertheless, with Catherine, if you look at her filmography, she just has a style, a technique, to just tell the story of a male-driven film, despite the fact there is usually no leading women in her films. Point Break, The Hurt Locker, Detroit. Zero Dark Thirty maybe was the exception, but the genres, as you can see, are more suitable and pleasing for a male demographic. The genre of war or male biopics or the buddy comedy with male-driven cast like Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves in Point Break or Jeremy Renner and Anthony Mackie in The Hurt Lockers. She is perhaps an 
enigma for feminists. However, she has a way of telling great male action movies, and it's simply for the fact that it's done from a perspective of a woman that makes them arguably all the more better. By simply applying her own talents to these traditional action movies, she's created a cult classic, and she was rewarded by it by a lot of critics and reviews after release of Point Break, and from then on, Hollywood will take her seriously than they did before. With Point Break, there is a woman in this film, actually, who acts as a wise voice to Keanu Reeves' character, Johnny Utah. She has short hair and knows more about surfing than most of the guys, and her name is even a unisex name, Tyler, to even emphasise the situation in this movie. The first scene of her is pulling a man out of the water and saving his life. Do not complicate this for power, but as the true meaning for the actual movie. That she is the person that connects the two stars in this movie. She is the person that is not the distraction, but actually the final realisation that Bodhi and Utah are infatuated with each other and that nothing can come between them not the law not the gangs and certainly not a woman in most movies there's usually a woman that gets in the way of two guys in this the two guys are actually infatuated with each other not in a sexual way completely platonic but they don't quite understand it and the woman sort of steps aside it's very cleverly written of a, a character of a woman to be honest because what Bigelow has done is that she shows that maybe beyond this feminist idea of idolizing a strong woman but instead using her as an equal to all the macho men in this movie and doesn't even make make it that obvious and it doesn't take much convincing because of the way the story goes and how little we see of her later on in the climax of the movie it's not in your face if anything it's very subtle and like i said she meanders in and out of the movie she's not even in there for the last part of the movie she even acts as a victim a stereotypical position for women in movies usually in action movies but take nothing away she sets up this female character is the found it's the foundation of the movie between utah and bodhi the two central leads she has her hands on both men and the men are not fighting for her but each other's adrenaline she serves merely as one of the guys because of this and that's why it's so beautifully written if you watch promising young woman it's very in your face about a feminist idea and what's happening it's this awful rape culture that's sort of the central theme of this movie but with um with um Catherine bigelow i mean she usually has a strong you know a masculine female male lead and she does she tries to you know give the women their due respect in their films and she acts them as complete equals and she's not really in your face about it which i just that's what i respect about and i love it and you know tyler she's not she isn't just a woman in this movie but the way tyler's progressively pushed out of the mix towards the progression of the movie it's not a slant at women especially knowing knowing it's been directed by a woman but an indication that the true story the true relationship is between two guys a bond you know like i said is platonic but a bond nonetheless that doesn't seem to be captured in the usual buddy cop movies between two guys from a women's standpoint there is heart behind it there is a soul between bodhi and utah this friendship that goes beyond what it should and challenges everything around their own lives in terms of loyalty and ethics both men in this movie seem to challenge their own hierarchy of their lives because of each other and their passion for each other jump before you walk thinking kind of thing. What Bigelow is allowing the audience to do is accept this rivalry, this bromance between Utah and Bodhi as nothing more than just simple respect from each other or for each other. She introduces a, you know, a refreshing, unusual bond between two main characters. And, you know, it could easily be, you know, if, if it was done in the, the helms of someone like Ridley Scott or, you know, Roland Emmerich, you know, the characters of these two guys could easily been written as like sworn enemies in the hands of anyone but this connection 
actually flourishes with positive implications despite being on parallel ends of the spectrum. Bigelow even hints at this complex relationship right at the start with the use of the credit sequence. It's subtle in their expression towards the arc of the main protagonist that we're going to follow. The words point and break appear from opposite ends of the screen, eventually crossing over and merging together, as done as the same with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze's name, indicating that these characters are on opposite ends. They don't know each other and eventually will come together and discovering something about themselves. They will merge, they will build a bond, and but... What is it? We don't know, so we have to watch the movie. Then we have the opening scene uh, where we have a juxtaposition of both these characters, one surfing like he's posing for the perfect oil painting, and the other shooting a gun range um, in the pouring rain, and right there we understand what the connection is. It's water. Water will bring them together, but you know we must find out how, and that's how the story begins to point break. So already Catherine Bigelow has given us a really good understanding of what's going to happen in this movie. And some critics at that time got this movie horribly wrong. They called it cheesy, afraid to venture out, completely ridiculous. But as time did its thing, I don't think those critics understood how rare this movie was, how fun it was, and because it it was just so daring and how daring it was at the time to just have fun but remain serious and completely not afraid of the film's undertones of, you know, homoerotica. What Bigelow captures in this movie isn't just a few gunfights and chasings, but the soul of the chase and the blood and sweat of the ride that we go on with them. We become intimate, not with the characters, but with the action. And through this use of this pogo cam, which they invented for the movie, which allows the, you know, they allow the athlete slash actor to go, you know, to go full out with the running, with the surfing, and allowing the camera to be right next to them in the mix then there's downsizing you know you could, there's there's downsizing the actor and it's more noticeable in these like iconic chase sequences it's probably one of the best scenes in you know in cinematic history in an action movie and it goes hand to hand with jackie chan's fight scenes and super uh, super cop it's just sublime the direction of this chase scene in point break was never before seen and it's you know spiked the bar to an all-time high on how to do a chase scene i mean it's been parodied and it's tried to be copied so many times this chase scene and it's so good i mean as they say in hot fuzz it's a no holds bar thrill ride the idea of realistic filmmaking in hollywood seems simple yes and many try to react you know reenact reality to the big screen that's you know what they want to try and achieve naturally for authenticity but the more real something is the more the audience will engage with it that's what logic suggests because of this logic though that's become the trend in hollywood that film should be as pure as possible. The stylistic rule that a director or screenwriter must obey by creating a story that agree, you know, achieves a degree of a believe, you know, a bit of believability to it. But realism, as they say in the Ringer, has been codified. It's under a category, which means it follows strict guidelines that it must follow to achieve the plot of the movie to be realistic. What Catherine Bigelow does with Point Break, however, is crush this rule to bits. It tickles these rules, actually, quite playfully and quite loosely, and purposely setting itself outside of this category, which, if anything, does the film favours. It introduces a rawness and uniqueness about this film. It's a film that shouldn't be so good, but it is. The film may be over-exaggerated in areas, but it's juxtaposed as a human aspect of the characters that we rarely see in action films, like someone missing the entire bank heist because they wanted two meatball subs during a stakeout. You know, she has found the balance and it works, and dare I say, would this balance have been found with a male director? I simply don't know, but the proof is certainly in the pudding with this film. So point break, what is it about... It follows ex-quarterback star Johnny Utah, who is now a cop, who teams up with soon-to-be old-timer Pappas on an undercover mission to hunt down the ex-presidents, these men who rob banks with ex 
ex-president's masks on their face. Intel at the start of the movie reveals that these bank robbers may be surfers and Pappas delegates Utah to go undercover as a surfer since the case has hit a dead end and to see what happens. It's there we meet Bodhi and this unusual and developing role of fr- you know, friendship begins based on adrenaline and respect. Things, of course, become more interesting when they, when, you know, when they bond closer like brothers and things become just more interesting when, of course, Bodhi and his friends are the ex-presidents robbing the bank. A moral and ethical dilemma bestows Utah as he searches the truth behind his obsession with Bodhi and his discovery about himself and about doing what's right with the law and with nature. So this was Keanu Reeves' first action movie before he was an action megastar with the help of his roles in Speed, then The Matrix, and now more recently with John Wick. A bit of irony in this role, he plays an ex-football star that had to retire early because of a knee injury. In real life, Keanu Reeves was a pro hockey player and had to retire early because of a knee injury, which is uh, very interesting and coincidental. Catherine Bigelow actually fought to have Keanu Reeves in this movie and said that she wouldn't have done the film if he wasn't casted. The studios was fighting for someone that people knew a little bit better who was more established like Johnny Depp but Catherine Bigelow had her heart set out on Keanu Reeves. Swayze of course came from Dirty Dancing and then of course Roadhouse and then Ghosts uh, which were a variation of different roles, a mad killer, a romantic ghost, and a teen heartthrob who can dance. I mean, it's part of the reason why she wanted Swayze for the role of Bodhi, like the complexion of the you know, the role he could bring to this guy, a person who is breaking the law but is extremely likable and also kind of a sex symbol, so you know, you have to follow him. And apparently, according to Bigelow, not many actors could have done that role with dignity, she said. He is actually an accomplished skydiver, so he did that stunt for real. I think he did over 50 jumps for the movie. So the famous chase sequence wasn't actually Patrick Swayze running because he was on press tour for Ghost because they were filming around the same time. Uh, I think he did Ghost just before he started filming um, Point Break and then obviously the film got really big and then he was doing press for it. So um, obviously you have, I think the only scene he was involved in in that sequence was the close-up of his eyes just before Keanu Reeves shoots his gun in the air. But the rest of it uh, was um, a stuntman wearing the mask. So luckily it was easily done because the characters were wearing a mask throughout the um, entire scene. But yeah, one of the most famous scenes in a movie and he wasn't even in that scene, which is incredible. So the masks of the ex-presidents offer a vital clue to the story. I mean, the members of the ex-presidents are killed in order that they're presidents of the mask that they're wearing served in the White House. So if you know your American history and you know what they look like, then you'll know who's the first and last to die. Interestingly, though, or ironically, Bodhi wears a Reagan mask, who is the only one of the ex-presidents in the movie that was shot. And yet he is the only one in this movie not to be shot, which is interesting. He did actually crack four ribs during the making of this movie. He was so adamant that he would do all the stunts himself because in all his past movies, he would do his own dancing, his own stunts, his own driving. So he was so, so persistent that he would have to do every single thing. So his stuntmen were usually just sitting back and watching him. All three of the leads actually had two months of extensive training with surfing. So, you know, they were well prepared. Um, So this movie was shot over 77 days during the summer of 1990. Ridley Scott was actually the first choice to direct this movie, but he went off and directed Thelma and Louise because he wanted something a bit low-key. Both films did really well. Um, US rentals for Point Break uh, grossed over $20 which was incredible. The budget for the film was actually $25 ended up doubling the budget at the box office, but most of the money came from the rentals, like I just said. It was Catherine Bigelow's highest-rated film until Zero Dark Thirty, which was like six, seven years ago. But the film, it was originally written and it was meant to be about skateboarding, but they changed it to surfing since it's more cinematic to shoot. Um, 
And apparently when they told Keanu Reeves he was uh, casted in this role, the second he said um, yes and the second they said, okay, cool, we shoot in like two months, he flew to Hawaii and learned to surf you know, before everyone else. So he had to really, you know, nail it down. I don't. I think he's still doing it at the moment. Now. He, he says in an interview that he does it as a pastime. But yeah, this movie, of course, came out at the right time because in the early 80s, the craze at the time was extreme sports and skateboarding, BMX and mountain biking, of course, surfing. It was the thing every kid wanted to do. And Point Break was that film that every little kid wanted to see. So they really wanted to be Johnny Utah or Bodie. So this film came out at exactly the right time. This was way before iPhones. This was way before the Macintosh came out. So, you know, this is what people are doing just at the turn of the 90s. The film was originally going to be called Johnny Utah, uh, than the um, Keanu Reeves' main character. But the producer said that didn't indicate to the audience that it had to anything to do with surfing at all. So they eventually went with Point Break. And Point Break is actually the point where a wave finally hits the land, which breaks the wave after traveling for miles and miles in the ocean, which is cool. Um, but the film is about surfing, yes. But the main reason that the you know there were keys about Johnny Utah was that in the film, stripping away everything is about the transformation of Keanu Reeves' character from a man of the law to the end scene where he throws his badge in the water. Uh, much like they do in High Noon and Dirty Harry. You know, once a straight, uncorrupt cop, this all changes when he meets Bodie and develops a friendship that is unlikely to break no matter what. Here is where the title may have unintentionally have two meanings. You know, the point of where Johnny Utah has been searching and searching and the point break is when he meet Bo you know, when he meets Bodie. The realization is that this is who he is and this is who he wants to become. Bodhi's lifestyle is something that he envies and at the end of the movie he you know is the tale that he knows so much about Bodhi because he knows how much he wants to ride that big wave and he even finds him without using any technology he knew he would be at that big wave he lets his desire trumps his law and order and you know the end where he throws away the badge confirms that Bodhi and his desire trumps what he had at the start of the movie hence the title sequence hinting at this merge and togetherness and it's just a you know it's a great scene it would be very easy to say that this film is about spirituality and self-discovery, but what this film is really about is your calling, despite the shackles society want to place you in. A, you know, anything and anyone can tell you anything to do in terms of how to live your life and when to do things, when to get married, but it's up to you what feels right and what feels needed, and that's exactly what this film is about. You know, anyone can truly inspire you to become the best version of yourself, and that's exactly what Bodhi does to Utah. But anyways, that is all I have time for with Point Break. Truly a cult classic or a silly classic, as I'd like to call it. A revolutionary movie in the action genre and shown the light by none other than the trusty vision of Catherine Bigelow. But please subscribe to my channel on Google, iTunes and Spotify. And you can also find me on Instagram, uh, Film Exploration, AH or lowercase or one word with the latest podcasts and entertainment news. And once again, thank you for listening to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry.